everyone, I'm Tony Damien. And I'm Andrew Rich. And today we are lucky to have Daniel Moran with us, the Chief Compliance Officer of the ASX. And welcome. Great to see you there amongst the pot plant and the book and, and the poster. For a lot of people watching, uh, when they think of continuous disclosure and ASX, they think about rumours of deals that pop up in the press. And Dan, from that point of view, can you just share with us the ASX side of things? So what happens on a Monday morning sure. and you're going through the news articles and you see a rumour of a deal, that process through to potentially picking up the phone to the relevant company? Yeah. Uh, well, as you'd expect, we do pay pretty close attention to uh, the media and to and particularly to the sort of the gossip, gossipier parts of the media about rumours and so forth of deals. Um, every morning there's a meeting with the listings compliance team that I, that I run and the surveillance team where they get together to talk about what they've seen in the press, social media, what they're picking up otherwise. Um, and what is it that we feel like we need to pick up the phone on? Uh, typically it takes more than just speculation for us to pick up the phone. And once we do, um, we'll then call the company and we'll ask them about ask them a question about it. And on, you know, we'll listen to the company and, and we're, we're very open-minded at that point. We probably take a err on the side of caution um, approach where there is some speculation that's reasonably sort of coherent, factual. Um, but at the end of the day, it's up to the company to decide where it thinks it's in a position where it needs to respond to something. Yes, because one of the, the features, I guess, of, uh, of, of M&A in our market is you can often be subjected to what we would call a highly speculative journalist spray where they're not quite sure uh, something could be going on and so it's a, a quite a wide sort of net that they'll cast in terms of the potential things that they think could be happening. Uh, what is it that sees ASX hone in on particular uh, rumours and not others? Yeah, um, Specificity is very is very important um, to us. Um, we don't need there doesn't need to be swathes of detail, but but references to a you know a specific deal, a specific um, you know potential event, whatever it is, is probably quite important. Um, we also have a think about is this something the market would be expecting anyway? And so that's something where we would look, for example, at the company's previous announcements, or well, still. Typically, have a have a chat to the company about it, but but only where it's it's a, it's more than what you just described. That is, it's more than what looks to us like it's really just someone venting highly speculative um, ideas about what a company might do. Dan, if I can just switch uh, gears for a moment to continuous disclosure. Um, we've got the rule that everyone knows that you've got to immediately disclose price-sensitive information subject to certain exceptions. Um, some query whether that's a realistic standard for people to hit. Um, we've had some very helpful comments from the ASX in the Guidance Note 8 and helping practitioners know uh, when to disclose and not to disclose indicative takeover proposals, which, which has been helpful. Um, and, but we still do see ASIC taking a very firm line and we've got the class action overlay to all of that. What's the ASX's position at the moment in relation to how to approach and what are their expectations in relation to the, that little word immediately? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you're right that it's, a, that it's a point that, as we both know, Kevin Lewis said, that wrote Guidance Note 8, that part of Guidance Note 8 fleshes out what does ASX think about immediacy, um, I think is, is one of the, the very helpful parts of that guidance. Uh, we still apply the, the rule of thumb that's in Guidance Note 8, which is that immediate means 
properly and without delay. Uh, and we also apply the guidance that, that fleshes out that concept of without delay to effectively say that what's, de what's delayed does depend a little bit on the circumstances and the facts of the case. There'll be situations where information that a company needs to or thinks that it needs to disclose is, is you know, very, very complex, requires some verification. There'll be situations where there are necessary approval processes to go through before an announcement um, can go out. So it does it does depend a little bit. Um, our, our interest as an exchange is in getting quality information to the market as quickly as possible. A good day for us is um, where, where companies don't breach the listing rules. That's a great day. Um, and in that sense, we might have a slightly different perspective to a class action law, but, but, um, but that probably just reflects our different, our different roles. Another area where the ASX has been taking a, a firmer stance recently has been uh, use of emotive language in ASX announcements, and um, it's well documented um, that it's something that you're certainly not encouraging. Um, what are you seeing in that space now, and what can parties expect if they do use emotive language in ASX announcements? Yeah, yeah. This this is our guidance on this hasn't changed, but it's probably fair to say that that I I have a little bit of a zero tolerance attitude to this, which I've brought with me to this role from my role as general counsel at ASX, uh, and and I have a little bit of a view that often when we're seeing an announcement that crosses the line into that sort of emotive or intemperate language, the company knows perfectly well what it's doing there. Uh, and and so my advice, my instructions to my team are just, just say, no, just push back, send it back to store and tell them to come back and try again. Um, and the second is we do all know that there are there are announcements that the rules say must be released on the market announcers platform. So, so a document that's been that has has been sent to all shareholders needs to be released on the market announcers platform. You'll see things like chairman's addresses, which that's not an end run around the emotive language guidance. So, if we're presented with, for example, a chairman's address that we think includes language that's that's inconsistent with our guidance on the contents of market announcements, the fact that the, that the chairman may already have or maybe in the process of giving that address to the shareholders doesn't change my view on that. It just means the company's now brought itself two problems. So you've got a problem of the intemperate language and you've got the problem of, like when this one says, I have to release this to the market, but ASX is saying no. That's your problem. Um, final observation from me, uh, cyber. Yeah. Um, you can't pick up the paper these days without reading about another cyber attack. <coughs> um, the ASX has said, watch this space. We're going to come out and say something uh, in the near future. Uh, any hints as to where we might be going with, uh, with this from the ASX's perspective, particularly through a continuous disclosure lens? Yeah. Look, first, first thing I'd say about cyber is I have a, I have a lot of sympathy for companies who find themselves in a situation where they're under a cyber attack. And it is, it is important to remember, typically these are criminal attacks. So a company is being typically subject to a criminal attack. And they're often highly complex situations where they're characterised by uncertainty of information, often of development information. The, one, of the, one of the issues that comes up typically in, in these things quite early on is just that assessment of whether it's market sensitive or not. And, and it has to be the case that not all cyber attacks will be market sensitive, just as a matter of common sense. And I think we're all familiar with the difficulties there, and it's, they're the ones that I've, I've 
mainly the ones that I've mentioned already, I think it's the, the lack of certainty, the fact that there'll often be some information, let's say it's a contact from a, someone who claims to have the company, um, which immediately puts the company on where to work, but it doesn't know what doesn't know what to believe. By definition, there are things that it has to check and investigate, it needs to understand the impact and who it has impacted. There's a whole lot to understand. From an ASX perspective, there's a couple of things I'd say about that. The first is do what most companies have been doing who have found themselves in this situation and talk to us about a trading holder or voluntary suspension so you can manage your disclosure obligations. ASX has a particular approach to trading holds and suspensions and slight generalisation, but, but overall it's we want to get the company trading again as quickly as possible. We're in the business of providing markets. Um, we're not in the business of keeping companies in uh, securities in suspension for extended periods of time. So when you come to us to talk about a trading halt for a cyber incident, our, we will absolutely be sympathetic to you. Our objective will be to get your security back trading as quickly as we reasonably can which is a matter of getting the market as informed as, as well as you can. And so the other, the other comment to make there is that while these, these situations are, I think, really difficult, they are already covered by the guidance in the sense that they are an example of a situation where you don't have all of the information that you might want to keep the market fully informed at a particular point in time. And there you just have to, you have to provide the information that you have. Final question, though, before you escape. Uh, you've had a terrific career at, at ASX and, and also before that, and just wanted to ask you, are there any um, lessons or pearls of wisdom from your career journey that you'd, you'd like to share with, uh, with the viewers? Well, I don't, I don't know about pearls of wisdom, but um, the one thing, one thing I, I, I would say about dealing with the ASX, and so I've been the ASX now for keep saying 13 years, but it's probably 14 years now. So I've been there for a while and I know how it works. One of the one of the areas sometimes I think we find ourselves a little bit at cross purposes with companies around is if you think of a if you think of a, a particular problem or or request, say 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 a company's asking us to make a decision about something, whether it's an admission or a waiver or whatever. Um, Quite understandably, the company and the advisors are looking at it from the point of view of the company and its commercial objectives, uh, what it's trying to achieve, what it thinks about the impact on the shareholders and so forth, which is absolutely right. Mm. But we're always looking at these things through the, through the lens of the whole market as well. So every, every time a company comes to us with a particular request, we'll absolutely want to know what, what are the companies say, what are you doing, why are you doing it, um, why can't you... Uh, you know, follow the normal requirements of that rule or whatever it is. But then the other thing for us is, okay, so what does this mean for the market? What does this mean in terms of investors' expectations of listed companies? It's a, it's, a, it's a broader lens. It does mean that sometimes I think we can come across as perhaps not being quite as, quite as responsive to a company's circumstances as it might like, but it's because we just have a slightly wider lens in those situations. So when, you, when you're coming to us to ask us for something or to or to ask us about our approach to something it is worth bearing that in mind that is don't just don't just think about explaining to us your circumstances which is very important but also think about how you would approach or how you know, you as a you as an advisor or you as a company would approach the question of okay how will this impact the market is there any broader implication here or not and be prepared to have that conversation
conversation. I think that qualifies as a pearl of wisdom. So, Dan Moran, thank you so much for your time today. It's a very insightful discussion with lots to take away. And in our next episode, we'll be giving our quarter two wrap for the year. Look forward to you joining us then. Thank you.